Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. Life, life, life. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life Tips. Life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Life Tips Show, everyone. Byron White here. Brian, welcome. Thanks very much. You are the author of Me, Myself, and Us, which is an interesting title in itself. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about the book. Tell us, tell us about your research and what led up to this, some of the discoveries that you have in the book. Uh, it all began in, um, in a classroom. Uh, a few years ago when I was teaching at Harvard and I noticed that there were people coming into my class who weren't my students. And uh, it ended up that a lot of them were the ex-boyfriends of students in the class. And because I was dealing with human personality, they kept um, pointing at their friends um, when I was getting into various topics. And, and, and it seemed as if it was of interest to people beyond uh, the classroom. And then when I saw their parents coming in, um, that really intrigued me because they too were seeing something in the study of human personality that, um, that meant something to them in their lives. Tell us about our personalities these days. And I think the word these days is an important uh, phraseology there. Tell, tell us about our personalities. What's really going on? Um, First, I should say something about what's going on in terms of the public sense of what personality is. And this has been very much influenced by the publication in 2012 of a book by Susan Cain called Quiet, um, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. And I think it's been near the top of the bestseller list for, for um, ever since it was published. And the reason it hit a really resonant chord was that it talked about uh, introversion as a dimension of personality that had been overlooked uh, in the American perspective. And extroversion, on the other hand, had been extolled as the, um, the, the best way to go and the, the desirable state um, that individuals should, should strive to have. And it struck a resonant chord, particularly with introverts, uh, because it, um, it showed how personality has consequences. And it began, in, in her work, uh, to create what was called the a quiet revolution. Um, and so there has been a lot of interest in, in these traits of personality. Um, what I look at um, are two variations on that that I think put it in perspective. First, uh, there's more than just that one dimension of human personality. Uh, there are five um, what we call the big five dimensions of human personality. And, um, and research has been going on extensively over the last uh, quarter century on how those personality traits uh, have consequences for our well-being and our uh, performance and, and so on. So throughout the book, I, I allude to some of these other dimensions of personality, which I'd be delighted to talk about if you think it is appropriate. Um, so that's one aspect, these what I call relatively fixed traits of personality. But I also feel very strongly that um, we are not just the victim of our traits. 
And if people who are listening are thinking, hmm, am I an extrovert or am I an introvert? They're asking actually the wrong question. Um, because I think that we can be many different things and act in very different ways, depending upon what I call the core projects in our lives that really matter to us. Let me ask you a little bit about personality types. Can, can you quickly spin us through the different types of personality types that you're seeing from your perspective? Uh, yeah, the, remember, I was mentioning the, the big five dimensions. And rather than looking at types as such, we, we look at dimensions of personality. And it actually spells out the acronym OCEAN. Uh, so one dimension is openness to experience versus more closed um, the second, uh, the C, is conscientiousness, uh, in contrast to kind of lackadaisical, maybe more playful approach. Uh, the E stands for extroversion, introversion. Uh, the A for agreeableness versus disagreeableness, and it has some really interesting health implications. Um, and the N stands for neuroticism, in contrast uh, to stability. And although they do not define types, they define dimensions of personality, um, which are very consequential for our, for our well-being. And they predict different aspects of well-being. So conscientiousness is a very good predictor of success in everyday um, lives from grades in school uh, through to promotional prospects in your place of work. Um, there was one very nice exception to that, uh, which was with jazz musicians, where the more conscientious you are, the lower you're rated in terms of your effectiveness by your fellow jazz musicians. And so these little, um, these quirks, these um, finer grace notes seem to me to be really important to understand. So that's why in the book I get away from and admonish the reader to get away from the notion of types of personality. You're, you're, you're more than a fixed type. We can engage in what I call in later chapters free traits of personality. And a good example of a free trait of personality would be where um, a person goes against their natural orientation on the big five, in order to advance a project that really matters to them. So um, let's say uh, a very, very nervous, uh, somewhat neurotic um, host on a radio. I don't know you, Byron, so I won't use you as an example. But let's use an example of somebody in another country at another time who is very nervous but has to, in order to carry out the professional role effectively, act out of character by being stable and non-neurotic. That would be an example of engaging in a free trade. Huh. Do you think that, the, well, for, is, is it possible to measure the dimension of personality in your mind? Can you yes. take, a, take, a, you take a test? Is there, are there things that you do that would try to, 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 to define how you measure the dimensions of a personality? Yes, there are. Um, first of all, some of the best work has been done with these actual uh, questionnaires. And there are procedures within the, the um, questionnaires for um, minimizing the likelihood that there will be misrepresentation and, and so on. Um, but there are also ways in which you can tap into the underlying physiological aspects of personality, 
by the use of experimental techniques. Um, for example, um, we know that in the dimension of introversion-extroversion, there's a big difference in, in how individuals who differ on that dimension differ in their level of arousal in the neocortex of the brain, uh, sort of the thinking, planning part of the brain. And extroverts are chronically under that optimal level, and introverts are chronically over that optimal level. And this can be measured with, with um, uh, various um, techniques drawn from neuroscience. Uh, there, there are other ways in, in which you can look at it um, that, that, that can be cooked up in the kitchen. But generally... Um, these are studied by um, questionnaires, typically. But once you have that model of extroverts being under the optimal level of stimulation and introverts over it, it makes a number of really interesting predictions with respect to, for example, the effects of caffeine on behavior or the Im- impact of, of alcohol, where introverts being um, over that optimal level of stimulation, when they have caffeine, which is a stimulant, um, they're much more likely to have problems in um, solving the uh, tasks that they're concerned with. Um, they make more mistakes. Extroverts, on the other hand, when they come into the office early in the morning and say, I need a cup of coffee, they're not kidding. They really do need a cup of coffee or something that will get their level of arousal up higher toward an optimal level. And so a couple of cups of coffee for an extrovert actually uh, has a facilitating effect upon their capacity to carry out uh, daily projects effectively. One more quick question before we take a break. Are you able to predict success in certain roles based upon your OCEAN score, if you will? Yes. um, There are uh, certain fields um, in which um, one of the dimensions of personality will predict um, particularly well. For, for example, uh, in um, professions that require a great deal of attention to detail, um, the combination of, of introversion and conscientiousness is very um, important for uh, predicting success in, in, in those kinds of uh, areas. And it used to be thought that extroverts um, would make, be better in, in domains that involve um, social engagement and so on. But there's a little trick in that. In the more recent research has shown that in sales, which you would really expect to be the domain of the extrovert, those who fall in between on that dimension, what we call ambiverts, are actually more effective. Um, and one reason for this is that both they and more introverted individuals generally are much better at listening. And so a salesperson who is constantly talking and doing her shtick or his uh, sales job um, may actually not be as good or as effective as one who takes time to listen and process the needs of the person to whom they're selling. Let's take a break, everyone. Back in just a minute. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. 
When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point click, and it's live in real time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point click, and it's live in real time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point click, and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Byron White here with Brian Little. Brian, welcome back. Thank you. Brian, could you give me some examples of how personality has consequences? Maybe some good examples and bad examples. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, on the good example... um, uh, one of the best ways of looking at well-being and happiness is two dimensions of personality that are strongly predictive. One is extroversion and the other is neuroticism. So the higher the extroversion score, 
And the lower the neuroticism score, the more likely a person is to be uh, happy in their life. And are they, how are they going to be received by other people as far as your perception is concerned? I think in, in both those cases, um, how you're perceived depends upon the personality of the person perceiving you. So that extroverts are, um, are perceived by other extroverts in a very, in a very positive way, typically. Um, and sometimes introverts are seen as a little bit too, uh, too subdued. And uh, introverts, on the other hand, will often see extroverts among us as being over the top and pushy and even occasionally obnoxious. Have you explored how our addiction to Facebook, for example, or Twitter, or this sort of role we now play where we're deep inside of our cell phones and not talking with one another? Tell us a little bit about about your thoughts on that and how it's affecting our personality and our ocean score, probably. Yeah, it's intriguing, and the, and the the data are still coming in on on this um, on this topic. Um, we have some evidence that, um, in a sense, you deal with the um, with the Siberia, as I call it, with a capital C, um, much the way you would deal with other things. So extroverts use it to um, reach out to others, to form connection after connection and friend after friend in a frenzy of friending and introverts on the other hand are more likely to use it in a more um, subdued and and uh, conscientious fashion so it looks as if uh, the use of uh, facebook and and other um, multimediated devices uh, may simply reflect the way we handle other things in our lives i do worry that um, with increasing amounts of um uh, the ability to make everything about you and to channel all the information into your preferences and so on, that we might actually be cutting ourselves off from things that would delight us if if we would just let things come to us instead of us um, uh, channeling them to ourselves. Huh. Do you think do you think that we're becoming a more introverted society as a result perhaps mm-hmm. of all of this social media focus we have these days and that's a really interesting question I I I don't think we are um I think that we are becoming more insular but not necessarily more introverted and we can um I think as a society we can close in on things that only matter to us and, and therefore run the risk of, of not opening ourselves up to, to other matters. Um, but whether we're becoming a more introverted society, I, I'm not sure. In fact, in some respects, I think we're becoming a more extroverted society. Um, I think we often um, find ourselves in a situation where, where we need to um, deal quickly with things and um, have a rapid response, and one of the the interesting aspects of of um, the book Quiet is that um, there are a lot of examples given of how we just have to um, uh, learn to speak quickly, to to lean forward, to move in, and uh, in that respect, um, we're becoming more extroverted as a society. How much do you think our surroundings? including community and communication with others and interaction and and time on staring at our phones versus other things. 
affect our personality? How are our surroundings affecting our personality these days? Yeah, um, I think if we if we differentiate between sort of other people as as part of our environment, and then the actual um, urban or rural environment characteristics, we have two different we have two different answers. One thing we know for sure, uh, and this is from our own uh, research, is that individuals' well-being is very much influenced by the emotional support that others give them. And um, this uh, this was shown in in some interesting ways. We looked at um, women who were pregnant and how the pregnancy went and uh, had measures of of the child's um, health status at, at delivery and so on. And the best predictor of that project of having birth, giving birth, was the emotional support of, of, their, of their partner. This, another study, totally unrelated, looked at entrepreneurs and, and how they were doing uh, after a year uh, starting up their new business. And the best predictor of success there was the emotional support of your partner. Hmm. So that, that support of others is, is really important. What's the so? What is the biggest influencer then, on in your opinion, of of who we are and why we are the way we are? There are three sources, I, I think, um, and each of them has a, an important role to play. Um, there's what I call biogenic inter, um, uh, aspects of our personality, which are these big traits that um, that have a fairly strong genetic influence. There are social, cultural influences, which are, as, as you point out, they're, they're important and they help shape our lives. But then to me, by far the most important are what are the, the personal projects that we get engaged in in our lives. And to simply put a person in a pigeonhole and say you're an extrovert or you're a neurotic, I think misses the fact that our lives are shaped by the projects that we commit to. And once we know what those projects are, um, and that's what I and my students study, once we know a person's personal projects, we can understand something about the shape of their life. And so I'm very resistant to putting people uh, into categories or pigeonholes. In fact, I even worry about putting pigeons in pigeonholes. Um, (laughs) But I think that um, if we look at what really animates their daily lives, the concern about their mom, and her cognitive decline, uh, concern about your kids in school, um, your desire to lose weight yet again. Um, these uh, daily projects are, I think, what gives us the greatest um, insight into, into people's personalities. Is it possible to better our personality? And, and does that question alone <laughs> mm-hmm. open up all kinds of interesting debate on one person's personality being better than somebody else's. Yeah. Uh, as you probably can figure out now, I, I'm not really keen on the notion of, um, of um, dimensions of personality that are better or for worse. It really depends on the context that the person is in. There are times when um, uh, disagreeableness can actually be a virtue, and there are times when it can bring you to your knees. We know, for example, that that dimension of the A in, in, uh, um, in ocean, uh, agreeableness uh, and disagreeableness, that dimension, 
has implications for health, um, particularly cardiovascular risk for those who are low in agreeableness. Um, but being low in agreeableness, being um, unpleasant, can really um, be important when we're um, uh, trying to deal with the, an unpleasant situation in our lives where we have to push back. Uh, the hospital isn't doing a good enough job with your mom, so for all of uh, uh, the month of March, you act disagreeably uh, to rectify an injustice. And so I think we have to be very careful not to draw these invidious comparisons between um, different types or different dimensions of personality saying this one's good, this one's bad. We're complex creatures. Hmm. This is a hard question to ask, but I'll take a stab at it. <laughs> Let's just take the introversion, the introvert and the extrovert. Yep. Is it is it easier to become more of an extrovert if you're an introvert, or more of an introvert if you're an extrovert? Oh, that's such an interesting question because there's some recent data that actually uh, casts light on that. I think it's it it is quite easy, relatively easy. For extroverts to act in an introverted fashion and, and vice versa for introverts to act in an extroverted fashion. People will do that depending on the situation. And I do that all the time as a professor. I'm a card-carrying introvert. Uh, and uh, as a professor, I'm very, very outgoing uh, because I have a core project of really wanting to um, get my students involved and excited by the field of personality psychology. And for years, I've lectured on how um, introverts who have to act as extroverts can actually burn themselves out unless they have a restorative niche in which they can, uh, to which they can repair uh, after they've acted as an extrovert for a period of time. But the recent research suggests that it may be even more difficult for extroverts to act in an introverted fashion and so they need a restorative niche after they've done that, and they may actually be less happy when they've had to engage as a, as a pseudo-introvert. Um, uh, and, of course, the restorative niche for uh, an extrovert is different from those like me who are introverted and need to get to a quiet place. The, the extrovert needs a wild and crazy party as, uh, as their restorative niches. Have you studied behavior in social sitting situations how do introverts and extroverts find one another and do they tend to cling to one another and huddle together with one another there's something we call a sortative mating which is where different personalities attract each other if they're similar um and um and so extroverts uh, tend to gravitate towards extroverts and uh, uh, and vice versa with introverts one inter interesting um exchange is is when you have introverts interacting with extroverts and introverts will often adopt the role of being an interviewer uh, and so you can have a, an extroverted fellow and, a, and an introverted one talking away at a party now the introvert says so where are you from Doug and Doug goes on for a few minutes about that and then before he can ask uh, the introvert where he's from the introvert asks another question after end of 10 minutes, um, they both think things have gone very well because the extrovert's had a chance to talk about himself and the introvert hasn't had to do that at all, but has kept the conversation going. So in many respects, uh, introverts act like you have to do in the show. You ask the questions. 
<laughs> the the there there's so much I could say about that. Um, <laughs> okay, but, feel free but, to do that. <laughs> well, I was going to throw it back more on this wonderful art of asking questions and how, yeah. for example, good salespeople who are often extroverted people, I might exactly. add, um, have to become very good at asking questions and, ironically, not talking. That's because right. when you're dealing with a customer, you want the customer to tell you lots of things and talk. You don't want to sell. In fact, no one wants to be sold to. This brings me to my final question today. Yeah. Do you think that really as we grow older and wiser, do we not master more the different dimensions of the personality? Do we get better at all of these things and become more holistic at the end of our, our tenure, if you will? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a really it's a searching question, isn't it? Um, I think many people are able, as they as they get older, uh, to adopt a kind of flexibility where they are able to um, act out of character in different ways. But this is counterbalanced by, as we get older, we do tend to be more like ourselves. Uh, and so there is a kind of psychological tension between between being more like yourself. Uh, if you started out as an extrovert, then you're really an extrovert uh, when you're in your 80s. Um, the tension between that and being able to um, be flexible given the the changes that life throws up for us. Um, and I think wisdom, in a sense, may well be finding that sweet spot between being yourself and rising to the occasion to act out of character every now and then. Wonderful answer. Thank you so much for joining us today, Brian. Delighted. Thanks very much. Your book is Me, Myself, and Us. My wonderful question finally for you is, how would you like people to get a hold of you, and who would you like to actually hear from? Oh, I, I'd like to hear from those people who who came into my students' classes and, and just have an irrepressible need to find out about human personality, and they can uh, connect with me through uh, uh, the my website, Brian R. Little. Terrific. Great. Your book. Great being on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye now. I hope everyone has tuned in and enjoyed today's show. Until next week, I hope your life's a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser. And more about me, myself, and us. Thanks much. See you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.